well, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the music that was playing, especially if I programmed it right. <laughs> uh, but I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber. And joining me, as always, is the, the dynamic dude himself, Double D, Dwayne Davis. Hey, everybody. See, I can fit Double D just about, you know, everything. <laughs> Yeah, it works. You know, it does work. I mean, yeah, the dynamic dude, better than, yeah. better than Johnny that's, Ace, better than Shane that, Douglas. That's why I have that tattoo. He's got yeah, double double dragon. See, yeah, <laughs> yeah it could be Dunkin' Donuts also, except for they dropped yep. the donuts. Now they're just Dunkin'. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, and tonight's episode is going to be a little different. Um, it's going to be discussing some current day stuff, but. Really, just because of some some tweets that I've been seeing and some of the interactions that we've had with people, we're going to talk about some toxic fans and not any particular toxic fan. We're just talking the toxic in general, fans. Yeah, yeah, in general. Uh, and this is something that it does get addressed, and I've actually addressed it on Twitter. Dwayne's addressed it on Twitter, and you know, we actually I think we both addressed it on Facebook also. Mm-hmm. And we've I know we've talked about it on here. We are wrestling fans. Exactly. We uh, we are professional wrestling fans. We don't like we're not fans of any one certain company. Like we're not AEW fanboys. I know people probably think we're anti WWE because mm-hmm. we voice our criticisms. That's not it. It's just if the product is poor, I'm going to say the product is poor. Yep. Whether it's, I mean, and. There's things that AEW doesn't. There's everything AEW does is not perfect. It's just for me the type for the type of wrestling fan I am, their product is a lot more attractive to me than what WWE is doing right now. I saw a tweet. I believe it was yesterday, um, and I'd have to go try to find. I don't remember exactly who tweeted it, mm-hmm. um, but it said WWE fans just don't like AEW in general. AEW fans, all they want is for WWE to get better. I saw that. Yeah. W- yeah, I don't, AEW, yeah. I don't remember who posted it, but. I don't either, but it's like AEW fans just want WWE to improve their product. That way yes. they've got another quality product to watch. And because you look at AEW fans, they're fans of Impact. You know, they were fans of Ring of Honor before Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. They are fr- fans of, you know, pro wrestling guerrilla, New Japan pro wrestling, um, all Japan. Just a to me, AEW fans are a lot more well versed in different companies and different styles of wrestling than the WWE. The casual WWE fan is now. There are WWE fans that are still pro wrestling fans Mm -hmm. and they know there's other companies out there and they watch these other companies, but there's a lot of fans that are just so pro WWE that they've been sucked into that bubble to where we're the only game in town. Right. And I think the, the fans of an AEW or a ring of honor or an impact or Personal Gorilla or any of the other ones mm-hmm. besides WWE, they are also more apt to go watch a local independent show. Yes. Yes. I agree too, because a lot of those, because a lot of that talent from the independent scene end up going to one of these other companies once they get to a, you know, once they get more, you know, more experience and get a better, better spot in their career they get picked up by one of these big, you know, one of these bigger companies. I I agree with you, but like WWE fans are so, when you're solely a WWE fan, you're so locked in on that product that you're not willing to give anything else a chance. You're like, if it's, if it's not WWE style of wrestling, then I don't want to watch it is how those type of fans are. And you can't, you can't really call yourself a fan of wrestling if you're only allowing yourself to like one particular company or one particular style. You don't have to like everything. I know that's right. what's great about wrestling is that there's something for everybody. 
there's technical there's you know you've got the you got your big power guys you've got your technical guys you've got your comedy guys you've got your hardcore guys there's something in it for everybody but you have to be willing to broaden your horizons and realize that there's other things out there all right and you know a lot of the well, in fact, I, I, I dare say probably all of the successful independent companies Okay, maybe not all of them, because there have been cases where somebody started a company and they had nobody with actual experience. Right. But they they will have somebody, at least one person, who has experience with one of the bigger companies. I mean, look, mm-hmm. at, in, look at NWF. Yeah. The owner used to be um, a referee with the WWF back in the day. Right. You know, yep. and... He used to wrestle, you know, uh, occasionally as well. Uh, and his right-hand man right now, of course, is Wildcat Chris Harris, who we've had on the fact that we've had both the Roger and Wildcat on the show. Yep. Uh, both very good interviews, and we've had a good time with both. And But Wildcat Chris Harris, I mean, think about this. He was with, he started with WCW. He went to WWF for just, you know, a hiccup. And then, uh, but he thrived in, in TNA Impact to the point where him and James Storm were, tag team pwi tag team of the year yeah and he was also ranked number 44 on the pwi 500 mm-hmm. i mean that's now that's strong and now he's helping run the nwf and nwf is a very successful organization exactly and yeah larry d is another one he was with impact for a while now he's mm-hmm. running an organization down in cynthiana kentucky and uh, ovw is that danny davis is running that one correct yep yep i think al snow is also helping Mm-hmm. So, people that don't want to go watch the independent wrestling, and that's the kind of ones that say, oh, "I don't want to. I only want to watch WWE. If I don't want to watch some scrubs," as the same people that say, "I don't want to go watch some local cover band." You know, exactly. It's like every nobody starts at the top of the food chain. Everybody starts. Everybody, unless you are a, I mean, there are exceptions. Unless you're like a Roman Reigns, a Charlotte Flair, a um, Bianca Belair, Braun Strowman. Those are just some people I'm thinking of that are like literally had no professional wrestling experience, were trained at the Performance Center and ended up being really good. And the first two you mentioned were also second-generation wrestlers too. That's true. But that doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. that most people with no wrestling experience end up being as good as those names are that I listed most of the time. And WWE just started doing this only because Vince McMahon took over NXT. Look at the NXT roster when NXT was in its prime and was the absolute best thing that WWE had to offer. 75% of that roster was from the independent scene. Whether it was pro wrestling guerrilla or, you know, even Ring of Honor, you know, for WWE, a lot of these companies are considered the independent scene. Uh, but it's like, so they look at it like, well, I don't want to watch some scrub from the indie circuit when most of the guys that you follow came from the indie circuit. Mm-hmm. They started local or a local scene somewhere mm-hmm. yeah, Brian Danielson to. yeah Brian Danielson is for for my money the greatest professional wrestler alive today he has everything everything you could want in a pro wrestler you know skill toughness mic skills he's got he's got charisma a presence about him he was, you know, he was wrestling in front of 40 people, right. making a few bucks a night when he started out. That's how, and you look at the greats, you look at Mick Foley. Mick Foley would talk all the time how he wrestled in front of 100 people making 40 bucks a night, you know, living off tuna fish and peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah. You know, that's how the greats did it. And it's like, but now all of a sudden it's like, it's like the independent scene has this stigma of like, you're not, you're not good enough if you're on the indie scene. And a lot of guys 
or making more money on the indie scene than they'd make in WWE. Because if you're not at that top tier, you're not making a lot of money. Right. If you're not one of Vince's chosen ones, then you're not making a lot of money. And today I was uh, actually listening to uh, Shivani's podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday was the anniversary of the Raw episode that finally beat Nitro after 83 weeks of losing. 83 straight weeks of losing. When, and Was that uh, when Foley won the title? Uh, no, it was actually when... Um, Stone Cold fought Vince McMahon. It was um, that's right. That's it was right. right at, not long after WrestleMania. Yeah. And when they were going through this, I'm there, sitting there thinking, you know, back then you had two at the time very successful wrestling companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nitro at one point was the number one rated show in all of cable television, not just yep. a wrestling show, but I mean the number yep. one rated show. And you know, you had your camps. You know, which one? people preferred because you you had to make a choice because uh unless you had a vcr and you know how to program your vcr i did (laughs) uh most people honestly didn't know it they did not know how to program a vcr and and also sometimes the way your cable system ran because mine uh the cable that i had this is when i was in maryland i i couldn't run it through the vcr with a different channel just because oh, it, really? it, it came to the cable box itself. Oh, okay. And, you know, so it's like once it came out of the cable box, then it would go into the, um, the VCR. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I couldn't, I had to make a choice, but Nitro, I believe also had the replay. Yeah. They started doing a replay, uh, pretty much as soon as Nitro ended, they would replay it. Right. And to me, that was almost like, okay, so you're giving people the option of watching WWF, then watching your show? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, I never understood that either. It's like you you completely view them as competition. So why would you give people the choice of being like, oh, I'll just watch the replay and I'll watch Raw Live? Yeah. Unless they're saying, well, on the West Coast, to get this. Mm, no, because uh, I found this out when I, I took a trip to the West Coast once and it happened to be on a Monday uh, because they weren't going to play raw at five o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. it got delayed for three hours basically and then right you know so they could have been thinking about that too but but either way back then you had your camps mm-hmm. but i i can't even think of anybody that said necessarily i won't watch the other one i, I don't know only, of anybody everybody i knew was like me and they watched both yeah you tried rec- somehow to watch both yeah i would record one like I ended up with two. I ended up getting two VCRs. I had one in my bedroom and one in the <laughs> living room. That way, I could record both shows if I wasn't going to be home. There you go. And then I could go back and watch both. But before that, I just had the I just had the one in the living room, and I would just pick from week to week which one I was going to watch live and which one I was going to re- record, depending on what was going to be on the card. Because you know, mm-hmm. Nitro would always release. They'd always tell you what was going to be on the card. You know, WWE tried to be a little more, a little more secretive about theirs at the beginning until they realized we've got to do whatever we can because WCW is killing us in the ratings. But, and then I would just, I would just pick and choose, but I always watch both. I've never been one of those people that were like, well, I'm not going to watch this company at all. I'm only going to watch this. Right. Because yeah. again, I'm a wrestling fan. So yes. I want to watch as much wrestling as I can watch from as many different places as I can watch it. Yeah. Because I mean, that goes back to the territories, mm-hmm. you know, now I did prefer mid Atlantic, but that's what I first was exposed to. Right. And, and actually mid Atlantic, I mean, their, their product was so good. They're the ones who ended up becoming WCW later on. Yeah. Well, it's like it. me. I, I preferred Jim Crockett promotions, yeah. but I still watched, I still but, watched the, I still watched the AWA. I yeah. still watched WWF. I just, my preference was that grittier Jim Crockett promotion style. It wasn't, it wasn't flashy or anything like that. Even when they started introducing music and a little bit of pyro into things, it wasn't over the top. It wasn't overdone. It was just for, it really, it just added to that presentation. And like a lot of people are like, uh, it's not, you know, 
like people have said that AEW is like not produced very well and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like a quality wrestling program. And it's like, that's exactly what I like about it. It does not take a bunch of pyro in, inside an arena, by the way. Yeah, it doesn't make- take a lot of pyro and LED boards and all this stuff that like WWE uses to catch people's attention. People pay to see their favorite wrestle wrestle a good match. That's what people are paying for. They're not paying for, you know, the million dollar production value that you can provide. Because if that was the case, GCW, you know, would not sell out every show that they have. Every single time that they have a show, GCW sells out. And GCW is an EC, an old school ECW scale company. ECW was the same way. Their crowds were small, but they were loyal and so and sold out any show that they were at. And I would never call necessarily the ECW fans back when ECW really started taking hold back mm-hmm. well, right at the time of the Monday Night Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but they were an alternative to that. Yes. I mean, because and they had been they had been around for a few years mm-hmm. by that point, but they were an alternative to the two big dogs and their product was so different because mm-hmm. I mean, they just did not care. I mean, it, like if you saw a straight wrestling match, it was kind of an oddity because everything else was a hardcore match of some kind. Yeah. But it's like ECW was a platform that introduced like Eric Bischoff and WCW want to take credit for introducing luchadors to the United States on a larger scale. Okay. I can give them that. But ECW was the first place that luchadors were able to ply their trade in the United States. That's where Rey Mysterio got his start in the United States. Psychosis. Um, there was even there was a couple of other luchadors, but Psychosis and Rey Mysterio were the the two that got their start in ECW before WCW ever started pushing the cruiserweight division. Um, Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero were putting on classic matches over the world television title on a nightly basis in ECW. So you did have, and that's kind of like what I was talking about before, where ECW gave you a little bit of everything. You had your comedy, you had your hardcore stuff, Mm -hmm. but then you got your quality tech, you know, technical wrestling matches. Because I mean, at the time you had ECW had Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, all those guys were working for for ECW at the time. So you were getting all different styles from all over the world. Because ECW would have wrestlers from Japan, Mexico, you know, just, you know, they were a lot more worldly than the other two promotions were until they started stealing their ideas and their talent. Um, the, one of the ones that, you know, you were talking about luchadors, but, and how worldly ECW was one wrestler who came through Mexico and then ended up in ECW or might have a backwards. I'm thinking he went to ECW from Mexico, but he was originally, he's actually Japanese and that's uh, Tajiri. Yes. You're so absolutely right. Yep. He had a kind of a yeah. mixture of a little bit of luchador plus a little bit of the Japanese strong style, the technical Japanese wrestling. Yeah, because a lot of times in Japan, they will send young wrestlers on a, on an excursion. They'll either send them to Mexico or they'll send them to the United States. And it's a way for them to get some more experience with different styles of wrestlers and right. different styles of wrestling. And that's how Tajiri ended up with ECW. Like you said, he went through Mexico. He wrestled in Mexico for a while. Then he came to ECW. And I mean, that's where he was discovered. Um, you got Super Crazy was a big star in ECW. It's just, and that's kind of how it is now. Everybody in wrestling is moving around unless you wrestle for WWE. Right. It's like there is a literal wall here because uh, who was it? Uh, Tomatonga from the Gorillas of Destiny, and uh, they were the um, 
New Japan Tag Team Champions. They were th- they threw out an open challenge, especially when uh, FTR left WWE. They were throwing out challenges to the Briscoes, FTR, all these teams. Uh, and Tomatonga Tom- said, uh, um, "Usos." He's like, "We would love to have a match with, y- with y'all." He's like, "Don't let that invisible wall." keep y'all from coming over here and, you know, and having these kind of matches. And that's the thing. Um, I saw, a t- I saw a TikTok earlier. It was somebody who has a page on TikTok where they have different wrestlers, like old school wrestling clips. And there was an interview with Jerry Lawler. And he was saying how he, when he was the unified world heavyweight champion, because, you know, he was, you know, he had beat Kerry Von Erich. For right. the world class world title, and he was the AWA world champion, and he um, was, of course, you know, the uh, USWA world heavyweight champion. So he was the unified world heavyweight champion, and he's like, he said Hulk Hogan can't say that because he is the WWF champion. He is a company champion. Mm-hmm. He's like Ric Flair can't say that because he is the NWA champion but he is tied to that company and that company alone. And that's kind of how it is now because you've got all these different world champions are moving around different companies, defending their work, their version of the world title. And over here, you've got WWE and it's like, you've got the WWE world title. You've got the universal title, but they're only defended in that bubble. Right. So it's like, how can you actually call yourself a world champion if you're not literally wrestling the rest of the world? Because even when they go to different countries, they're still just wrestling WWE people. Exactly. And Flair, when he and I would take a little bit of exception to what Lawler said about Flair. Um, Yeah, there's a little there's a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but Flair would go into the different territories, including mm-hmm. around the world, and he would wrestle their best or whoever their number yeah. one contender was at the time. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, WWE, okay, our spectacle is we're coming. The tra- the circus is coming to town. Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna show mm-hmm. you the same two guys. Yeah, but exactly. Everywhere. That's like okay, say you know, Roman Reigns right now is the unified champion. If they go to Japan, he's still going to wrestle a WWE guy. Mm-hmm. He's not going to wrestle somebody from New Japan Pro Wrestling or Pro Wrestling Noah or, uh, you know, All Japan. He's just going to wrestle a WWE guy. So it's like it kind of devalues your world title when you literally only wrestle people within your own company. Right. And some of the fans who believe the WWE is just the be-all, end-all of wrestling. And, yeah, now they are saying they don't want any more independent wrestlers. But what happens when they leave WWE and they do become stars somewhere else? Mm -hmm. You know, you can't say, well, they just couldn't hack into WWE. No, a lot of times it's because WWE was misusing them. Exactly, because you look at FTR. FTR is, in my opinion, they're the best tag team in the world right now. And that's saying a lot because there's a yep. lot of great tag oh, teams out there see right that. now. But, like, you could see what you saw, what they were capable of at NXT under Triple H. You saw what they, they did. I mean, they had classic after classic match in NXT. They get booed to the main roster. The only reason they got they got they want any tag titles is because it was a way of keeping them from leaving. It's right. like every time they wanted them, every time they wanted to leave, WWE would throw them. Oh well, here's the tag titles. Nope, here's a bone. Yeah, but you know they finally had enough and got fed up. They left. People are all people were automatically like you said. They're like, oh well, they just couldn't hack it in WWE. And it's like, no, WWE. As soon as they hit the main roster. They just misused them from the jump. Look at what they've done now since they've left. They've been the AEW World Tag Team Champions, reigning Ring of Honor Tag Champions, reigning AAA Tag Team Champions. It's like, (laughs) 
the guys the, the guys are amazing and they've always been this good they're just getting the opportunity to show how good they are and oh just the conversation you were telling me about yesterday that you had with someone who's just all about wwe mm-hmm. because they think well it's got to be you know wrestling is a big man's game and, and that's the thing it, at once upon a time it used to be wrestling did used to be a big man's game and in the hogan era when you had the the huge larger than life characters and wrestlers and you know because hogan's like six eight Hogan, you know, well, he was built at six eight, but you no, know, he's built at six eight. He's probably more like six five, six six, but yeah, still, I mean, he's a big guy. At that time, he was, you know, he was a big guy. He was, you know, over three hundred pounds. You know, you had guys like Andre, and then you know, but then the business changed, and you know, and now it's like WWE is going back to that bigger is better mentality when it's really not because okay you have roman reigns you've got brock lesnar you got bobby lashley like all those dudes nothing against them at all but you look at you look at the brock roman match from this past wrestlemania it was boring yeah it it was it was the same match that they've always had then you look at uh, you look at that match and then you go and look at CM Punk and MJF, the dog collar match from Revolution. And that's the match everybody was talking about. People are still on social media talking about that match. Nobody's talking about, uh, the only thing they're talking about for, about Brock and Roman is that Roman is the undisputed champion. That's the right. only thing they're talking about. They're not talking about the match because the match wasn't any good. The the match itself is not going to win any awards. No, it's not going to win any awards. And I know pro wrestling is not about awards, but when you have a fan base who has, especially before AEW and TNA, when we were pretty much stuck watching WWE because that literally was the only thing there was. Yeah. WWE didn't care because they looked at it like, oh, well, we've got the fan base by default because there's nothing else out there. So if people want to watch any any semblance of wrestling, they have to watch us. That burnt me out because the, I know that product, especially before CM Punk dropped the pipe bomb, like t- 2009, 2010, WWE was just terrible. It was so hard to watch. And... A uh, conversation I had last night was like uh, that AEW guys are too small or they don't look like stars. Uh, they don't have any personality and all that. It's I disagree. I mean, you've got John Moxley, CM Punk, MJF. Um, I mean, Jonathan Gresham was a person that they uh, that was brought up that was too small and you know, didn't have any personality and everything. Here's the thing. Jonathan Gresham is on the, to me, is on the same level as Brian Danielson. Yep. That's what I want to watch. I don't care if he can't talk on the mic. Chris Benoit was not good on the microphone, but the bell rang and his matches were great. That's what, that's what's important to me. It's not, WWE has made it to where People think if you can't cut a promo, then you're not a good wrestler. I'm looking at a list of all the Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, matches of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, now some of the, or we'll just say the after because they actually were doing these awards before PWI was even a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'm going to list some of them. But before I do, I want to go ahead and give our contact info because I haven't done that yet. Um, because we just so passionate about this that we just yeah. jump right into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you'd like to email us, please email us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Instagram at armchairbookingpodcast. Find us on Twitter at bookingarmchair. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, find us on TikTok at armchairbookingpodcast. Uh, you can find us obviously on YouTube if you're watching us. And if you're listening to us on some one platform, or you can find us on all the other ones too. Just about any any kind of audio platform that's out there, you can find us. 
If we're not on there, let us know. We'll get ourselves added. And if you would like to get, you know, some merch, kind of like the shirt that Joy Lunch right now, go ahead and model it. You're a model. Everybody knows it. Yep. So, but if you would like a shirt, just like Dwayland's wearing, you can always go to tpublic.com slash user slash armchair dash booking dash podcast. And you can get a shirt just like that or a coffee mug or a phone case. So phone case. Yep. Uh, and all sorts of other products. I mean, it's actually pretty neat how they, how they have all that set up. So, um, and you can always tweet Dwayland at fat underscore daddy 73. That's on Twitter. And last but not least, we're, of course, being hosted by Block Talk Radio. Yep. And I also want to give a shout-out to TNC Sports Talk, Jay and Trey. Uh, they put on an excellent show. I've actually missed less because I've been at work. Fortunately, I'm off until next <laughs> Wednesday. Go play catch-up. Oh, I'm going to play some serious catch-up. I may sleep until, you know, Easter morning, the way <laughs> the way I feel right now. Um, and also give a shout-out to the uh, Hillbilly Hill. Ted, the Hillbilly Hill, Hill yep. in, in the Hill Truth podcast. Uh, he puts on a great show every week, and he just had he's been getting some interviews on there. I'd love for us to be on his show. I'd love for him to come on our show. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of which, we do have some interviews coming up. Got got that confirmed. He's all about it. Not awesome. not Ted. I mean, we'll have to talk to him. Right. Uh, but yeah, somebody else. Um, uh, great King Titan. We have him scheduled to come on next Monday. Awesome. Yep. So uh, great wrestler. If you haven't had a chance to see him, he is part of the Northern Wrestling Federation and uh, just a great guy all around i mean he you know uh, i saw on um is it, i saw on uh facebook i think facebook and instagram uh he has a match with chris demise at uh bone crushers this week yeah it's it's they've been doing kind of a heel versus heel thing it, it's yeah i and, noticed that yeah yeah so him and sean evans um have been going against mce you know in a way so mm-hmm. um it's like okay it's kind of interesting yeah. you know so uh but you know we could talk to him about that on monday and yeah find out what that's all about so uh but yeah so like i said hopefully everybody's enjoying the show uh definitely go on like on apple podcast if that's your preferred platform go give us a five-star review that actually helps us out that helps us get seen even more if you like us let us know if you don't like us well let us know and let us know why you don't like us <laughs> That always helps us. And also want to give a shout out to Jamie and John at True Crime Cast and Bless Their Hearts because they've been putting out some good stuff. And I need to I need to talk to them anyway about some stuff, you know. So, um, but yeah, definitely good guys, and they're they're Kentucky boys, so that's another reason I gotta just yeah. kind of throw yeah. that out there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I believe I covered everything. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of slacking. My wife bought me this shirt yesterday and we're still kind of confused why it's WrestleMania six, but it has warrior and savage. I just, I don't get it. Uh, that, that should be WrestleMania seven or they, they had to put Hogan on the shirt, but all right. <laughs> now, like I was saying, the matches of the year, uh, and I'm not going to go through all 50 of them because there's literally 50 of them on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, some of the ones on here are things like Jack Briscoe and Dory Funk Jr. Not exactly too, big guys um, no. bruno and and superstar billy graham you know i mean they're muscular but they're not yeah. like right you know uh superstar billy graham bob backland uh harley race dusty Rhodes, bruno and larry zabisco then you get andre the giant and killer Khan. now that yeah. one is yeah um a lot of them involving rick flair obviously uh savage steamboat mm-hmm. hogan and andre from the main event that's the one where uh, Andre got the title and then turned it over to DiBiase. Yeah, and I've never understood really how that was match of the year because for me, the ma- it was everything after the match. Right. That was what was the focal point. It's like the match itself was terrible. Um, Steamboat Flair, Hogan Warrior at WrestleMania six. Which that one was decent enough. I mean, I mean, it was a decent yeah, enough match yeah. for for the guys that were in it. I mean, it was, you know, a lot of matches with Shawn Michaels. Good God, let's see. He has one. eleven. <laughs> I was about to say, um, there's like four he in holds, a row right there. Yeah, he holds the record. He is uh, Shawn has been involved in eleven match of the years. And I'm just looking through the yeah, it's, it's Cena, Michaels, Michaels, Flair. Taker mm-hmm. Michaels, Taker Michaels again. Uh, 
I'm not seeing giants. Giants. I mean, Andre was in two of them, but yeah. they both had stories that went with them. Right. Uh, let's see. Undertaker. Undertaker was in two of them, but they were against Shawn Michaels. Uh, he had three of them. Um, Foley, King of the Ring. Yeah, him and Foley. Yeah, yep. Hell in the Cell. Yep. But I mean, it's like you look at the match of the year. You know, you look at all the match of the years that you listed. Oh, number two. There's another one with Triple H at Mania um, 28. Sorry. Oh, the, the other Hell in the Cell. Okay. Yep. Um, but the majority of those are not the, larger than life. These, like, WWE has conditioned its fans to believe that if you don't look a certain way, then you're not a star. If you're not just covered up with muscles or have sick, you know, rock hard six pack abs. It's like, you can't look like an average person and be a star. And that's just not true. It's like, and that's my, that's always been my thing. I would rather see a wrestler that looks like me, an everyday mm -hmm. guy. I can relate to that better than I can relate to Kevin Owens. Exactly. And I've told people that because people are like, well, Kevin Owens is, he just looks like an old truck driver and stuff. And it's like, and what's wrong with that? Dusty Rhodes look like an old truck driver yeah. and what is a absolute legend in this business. It's like, what's wrong with looking like an everyday guy that pe that way people can relate to you better than you look like you're chiseled out of stone. Like you're some Olympian God that people can't, can't, you know, they can't even fathom ever looking like that. And, uh, you know, the, the guys who are chosen out of stone like that kind of reminds me of what uh, I read something about supermodels from, you know, this is from probably 20 years ago. It said, there are only six women in the world that look like that, and they're all sitting up in that stage right now. Exactly. Exactly. Like, okay, I'm a huge Bobby Lashley fan. You know this. Yeah. Same here. Love but Bobby Lashley. But you're not going to see a dude looking like Bobby Lashley walking into Walmart. No, you're not. I'm, you know. You're not going to see a guy built like Batista or John Cena or when, you know, when Triple H was in his prime. And I've said year 2000, Triple H was probably, he probably had the best physique in wrestling. Yeah. But he didn't look like an ordinary guy. Scott Steiner didn't look like an ordinary guy. Rick Steiner did. Yeah. But Scott Steiner didn't. So once he was big Papa Pump, he did yeah. not look like an everyday guy. And it's, it's like, and a lot of the AEW guys, like just because you're a smaller guy, just because you're not, you know, seven feet tall, four hundred pounds, doesn't mean that you can't be a star. Adam Cole is one of the biggest stars in wrestling. He's six feet tall, probably weighs two hundred and ten pounds, but he is absolutely one of the biggest stars in wrestling. He was one of the biggest stars NXT had. You know, they signed him for a reason because they knew what they had, and then he left. He got to AEW. It's not like his stock has fallen any. He's about to have a world title match tomorrow. And so the fans who don't get that, you know, thankfully, yeah. because think about this, the, the matches that are voted on for PWI, I mean, they're actually voted on by fans. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, it's not toxic fans who are voting on them. Exactly. Yeah, because I think the same ones, if they were going to basically put every single just big guy up there, they're probably the same ones who think, well, Limp Biscuit should win every Grammy. Right. It's, uh, and, I mean, it's like, and everybody, I'm not saying everybody's not entitled to their opinion. If you like WWE and that's all you like, that is absolutely fine. But don't crap on everybody else simply because you don't think their product is as good as WWE's. Because frankly, my, a lot of us wrestling fans know that WWE's product is not as good as AEW's or Impact's or anybody else's. Right. And I mean, they're not even as good as what they were, you know, 10 years ago. No, you look at WrestleMania, two nights, eight hours worth of eight hours worth of matches. And like I said, on our review, there was a distinct divide between wrestling and sports entertainment. Mm -hmm. That first night was as much wrestling as you're going to get out of WWE in one sitting. But night two was all sports entertainment. And for me, I don't want to see Sami Zayn, who is a world-class wrestler, yeah. 
get pinned in a comedy match and lose to Johnny Knoxville because he got beat by a giant mousetrap. And if Sami Zayn, I mean, if he's down with that, I mean, he's, you know, he's go fine it, with right? it. I'm just saying as a fan, I was not entertained no. at all. I was not entertained by that. I was not entertained by Vince McMahon wrestling a match, if, you, if that's what you want to call it. The most horrible stunner in the history of ever. Yeah. And it's just for me, that's not entertaining. For me, is watching John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta last Friday on Rampage build a star because last week, Wheeler Yuta, who has been kind of flirting with wanting to be in William Riggle's group with Danielson and Moxley, literally went through hell, got busted open, and blood everywhere, never gave up. I mean, they literally, AEW literally built a star in 20 minutes. That's what I want to see. I want to see wrestling. I don't want to see... I don't want to see the shallow pomp and circumstance. It's all good if you have all of this, you know, million dollar production and then quality wrestling to go with it. But if all I'm getting is the flash, but no substance, then what's the point? If your product is not up, if your product is nowhere near as good as your production, then what's the point? Like Jim Ross always says, you got the sizzle, but no steak. No steak. Yep, exactly. And me, me personally, I mean, I like I like to have myself some nice steak. We had some steak last night, actually. That's one reason. I had steak tonight. Yeah. And yeah, I, you know, if the waitress had showed up with just you know a hot skillet just sizzling with nothing in it, that's like, yeah. can you take that back and give me the steak? I don't just want the sizzle. Yeah. Here you go. Here, here, have some gristle. Yeah, and that's what WWE gives you is like. We've got, I mean, and their production value is absolutely second to none. Of course, they have the money to do that. And, but they can put on a fantastic production. But they either can't or refuse to put on week to week a quality wrestling program. I remember back when. You know, I first started watching wrestling. The shows that, or the, the matches you would see on TV, were kind of a advertisement for the house shows. Yes. And later on, that kind of evolved into well, they don't. I mean, they still have house shows, but now their money maker is the pay per views. You know. Yeah, so, and 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 back in the day, house shows were canon. They went along with. If something happened on the house show, it reflected on television and vice mm-hmm. versa. Now it's like house shows aren't even canon. It's just, it's just I've, been, I've been to house shows. I mean, they were fun, but none of it translates to no, nothing. That has their pay-per-view. Right. As far as WWE is concerned. Yeah. And now, I mean, it's going to the point, okay, what you see on TV should be a teaser. You want to go watch the pay-per-view because the mm-hmm. pay-per-view will be better. But we've pointed out so many mm-hmm. times that here lately, the the pay-per-views have just been the same matches you're going to see. Yeah. I mean, like lockstep. I mean, it's, you know, the same sequence of moves. And there's, yep. uh, give me something different. You know, don't make well, me regret watching this. Well, and I knew this when the network was was going to start. I knew it would be like this. The network, well, it's not the network anymore, but, you know, WWE right. Network, Peacock, whatever, you know, depending on where you are in the world, it's a blessing and a curse because mm-hmm. it is a blessing to wrestling fans to have access to that much wrestling content, you know, in one place but it is a curse because you get all of that. Like even with Peacock now, you know, it's Peacock is cheaper than WWE network was. You pay for like five bucks a month and you get all the WWE content. And it's like, they know well, people are only paying five bucks a month. So we don't have to put our all into these shows because 
they're only paying five bucks a month for it. They're not paying $60, $70 a pop like they were when it was on pay-per-view. And it's like it has it has killed their productivity. Yeah. Uh, because, like you said, the network, great for wrestling fans, horrible for <laughs> their bottom line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think another thing where they kind of messed up and we've almost slid off the topic of like the toxic fans and, and hopefully, you know, we don't sound like toxic fans. So, I mean, we're not bashing WWE. We love the wrestlers. You know, we just don't like what the product has been morphing into. I, yeah. just don't like, I don't like the booking. Right. The booking, you know, and every company is going to have some booking decisions that don't make sense. Right. I mean, I'm not going to say AEW's never done that. I mean, I, honestly, AEW did it last night. It wasn't as bad as people are making it out to be, but the ending of the show kind of fell flat. But that's the kind of thing you try things. Some things work, some things don't. Right. But WWE's been doing this long enough to where they know what works. So it's like, I, I feel like a lot of times, and to kind of bring this back around to toxic fans, I kind of feel like they get that toxicity from the top. Because it's like, instead of giving, it's WWE, there are fans that are very vocal about what they would like to see in WWE. And I feel like they go out of their way to do the exact opposite just because they can. And because it was like, well, you're still paying to come watch as well. The problem is people are stopped. They're starting to not go yeah. watch them. Yeah. And I think it would help them if they would scale back uh, some of the pay-per-views they just had WrestleMania. Now they're going to have what they're calling a WrestleMania backlash. Which has already got a rematch on it, which is Cody and Seth. I, it's going to be a great match, and I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But it's like, we just had this match. Literally. What was the point of having it on WrestleMania if you're just going to run it back three weeks later? If you're going to do that match again, that's fine. But do it a couple of months down the road where it's where it'll be fresh. Not, I just saw these people wrestle. Why am I? Why am I going to be invested in w watching this again? And think about this: they're having to pay for the production of these pay per views. Well, mm -hmm. these premium live events. Yeah, which they're they're paying the exact same cost they were when they were still considered to be pay per views. Mm -hmm they're not getting back the same money because yeah, they're getting mm -hmm. the live gate, whatever that, that might be. Mm -hmm. They're not getting those buys from home. Yeah. And if, you know, of course, you know, WrestleMania was a sellout. WrestleMania is always a sellout. Always a sellout. That doesn't mean backlash is going to be a sellout. Right. Doesn't I mean, mean, I mean, really you look at the ones that are guaranteed sellouts, rumble mania, money in the bank, SummerSlam. Those are your four. WWE shows that are guaranteed to sell out because those are the most popular ones. And All Survivor's, the other ones. I was about to say Survivor Series. Is that one? Not, um, not really anymore just because they don't you know, it's just like every other pay-per-view. It doesn't have that, you know, speciality you know, to it anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have, they barely do the elimination matches which is the whole point of survival that was series. the point of it yeah at one time vince just wanted to scrap the whole thing and not even do survivor series oh uh, be honest with the elimination matches you got five on five and sometimes they have even more than that mm -hmm. god they get so boring yeah. <laughs> you're like yeah this match has been going on for an hour and a half and there's well especially when left. you're just throwing people in there like in the like when they first started doing Survivor Series and you had Hogan's team versus Andre's team, yep, and things, it was exciting because it's like these two guys rarely touched. So right. to get them in a possible spot where they're going to face each other was exciting. Even when they did the brand split and everybody stayed on their assigned brand except for Survivor Series when they had brand warfare. Right. Then you got to see matches that you didn't normally see throughout the year. But now people roam back and forth between shows and they just, you know, the, they don't the even point of the split. Yeah. What's the point of the brand split when you've just got people showing up for nothing? Yep. And 
you know, when it comes to the toxicity of some of the fans who are extreme brand loyalists, I want to ask them, okay, how would you book this then? You know, what would yeah. you do to change this company that you don't like? Yeah. And don't say, well, you would just, you know, shut them down. Well, there's still a bunch of wrestlers that, you know, what if they come to your favorite company now and they're, they yeah. start thriving? You know, you're then all the points that you've been trying to make have, are now invalidated. Right. And it's like, okay, like AEW, the thing I see on Twitter all the time is how Tony Khan signs all these ex WWE people and they're pushed ahead of the homegrown AEW talent, which one is false because every single champion. Every single AEW champion is a homegrown talent. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam Page is the world champion. He was there from day one. Jade Cargill is the TBS the TBS champion. This this is the only wrestling she's ever done. She's thirty matches into her career, and they've all been with AEW. Uh, Scorpio Sky is the TNT champion. Thunder Rosa is the uh, women's champion uh jurassic express or the tag team champions these are all people that were with AEW from the beginning and you can't say oh well they hired all these ex wwe guys and pushed them ahead of AEW's own talent when it's AEW's talent that have been there since the doors opened they're holding all the titles some people just don't want to look at facts no, they <laughs> don't want, what it comes down yeah, to. They don't want to look at facts. And it's like, but that toxicity works both ways because mm-hmm. you look at Cody Rhodes when he was in AEW, toward like probably like the last year he was in AEW. He was getting booed, and there was really no reason to boo him. He wasn't doing anything different. He was still putting on great matches. Yeah, he was still this pretty much the same character he had been since AEW started. It's just all of a sudden it became fashionable to boo Cody Rhodes. Right. Like, so then he leaves and goes to WWE, and now the the raw, raw pro WWE people are like, oh, my God, Cody Rhodes is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But it's like six years ago when he was there, y'all were ready to get rid of him because you yep. didn't think he was a star and you didn't think he was ever going to be a main event guy and all this stuff. So he left, traveled the world, built himself into a star. Your company didn't do that. He did that. Now he comes back and it's like WWE is like, oh my God. You know, WWE fans are like, oh my God, he's great. You know, we've always been a Cody guy, which we know you have not. Wrong. (laughs) And so maybe it's... We can say toxic fans, but we can also kind of, there's got to be a cross section with bandwagon fans. Yeah, because it's, yeah, because there are a lot of bandwagon fans because again, it's a culture that WWE has cultivated because they want the casual fan. They, everything they do, all the product they put out is to pull in the casual fan. The casual fan aren't going to dig their heels in and support you whether you're doing good or whether you're doing bad. The casual fans just going to breathe in and out like Brock Lesnar does. And they're going to watch, they're going to breathe in. They're going to watch Lesnar, maybe a couple of other guys. When those guys take a hiatus, they're going to like Lesnar and Goldberg. We'll use those as an example. Your casual fans are going to breeze in, watch, watch the matches that they're in. And then they're going to leave. They're not going to stay and watch the other wrestlers on your roster. You look at, won't even use AEW. You look at Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling fans are going to watch everything that Impact does. Mm-hmm. They're going to watch. They're going to watch the people that have come from other companies in. They're going to watch their homegrown talent. They're going to watch people come from Japan or wherever because they like the product. They like to watch everything about the product. They're not just casual fans. The New Japan Pro Wrestling fans are some of the di- most diehard fans out there. They are Those same people are in those seats. 
every show, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a wrestling fan. They're not just showing up to watch Okada or Tanahashi or the Bullet Club and then breeze out. They watch everybody on the card, every card. Yep. And you'll see the same people at the indie shows because I know like the NWF. Yeah. I've seen the same fans at several different locations. Yeah. When you first, I remember when you first started telling me about this. Uh, you go into the NWF shows, you were like, I see the same people every week when yeah. I go. And they're there from the from the opening bell to the final bell. And right. they're watching everybody. And that's how it should be. You, you can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to watch this little section and then I'm out. It's like, if you call yourself a wrestling fan, then you need to watch wrestling. Yep. And... And I know it'd be kind of hard to go back to the days of, you know, going and grabbing all the magazines, standing there in the grocery store with the magazine mm-hmm. rack, you know, trying to grab every wrestling magazine and kind of read them because you're reading at all the different. Well, that's know, true. Companies. But I mean, but you literally got a computer right here yes. where do you know how many wrestling companies I follow on Twitter and get notifications from? Oh, there's, yeah. Of there's what they're doing. There is an Internet wrestling database. Yeah. Um, it's hosted in Germany for, you know, which is kind of <laughs> kind of random because yeah. yeah, there are German wrestlers obviously, and they do have a German wrestling scene, but it's nowhere near as big as what it is some of the other places. But I mean, either way, they have a wrestling database, uh, and there's also some other ones that I find you can go in there and you can research, you know, all these different wrestlers. You can find out, you know, sometimes a real name. You don't always have that because some some are very protective of that. Uh, mm-hmm. which I don't blame them, but you can find out some of the other names they've used. Yeah. Um, you can find out titles they've held and you can say, oh, oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know about, you know, this other uh, company that's out in Kansas city, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where um, Matt Stockdale, you know, big country where he, he uh, wrestles. Yeah. You know, and you can find another one in Illinois where um, Sid Holland is. Mm-hmm. And we can find one you know, like out of Clarksville where Mims is or out of Murray, where Devin is. Right. And they've talked about going down to Atlanta. They talked about going to other places. You know, that, Thunder Rosa has her own company down in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But you can find out about all, all them. And to me, don't just say, okay, I'm only going to watch the WWE because like, you're kind of making the band analogy. That's like saying, okay, well, I'm only going to listen to the top 10 band, the bands that are just in the top 10. Right. That's like, my favorite band is Queen. My favorite rock band of all time is Queen. But that's not the only band I listen to. Right. I listen to a ton of different bands. That just happens to be my favorite. And there's absolutely nothing wrong if WWE is your favorite company to watch. But, and you know, that's fine. Right, Honestly, right now, AEW is my favorite company to watch. But it's not the only company I watch. Right. And... You know, speaking of Queen, I will have to take exception to something you posted the other day. The most overrated band, Led Zeppelin, really? You think Led Zeppelin the most overrated band? I do. I just... <laughs> I just oh. Okay, here's here's part of my problem. If I'd never hear Stairway to Heaven again, <laughs> it will be too soon. Do you, do you realize how much t- in high school alone we heard Stairway to Heaven on the radio, at, uh, on the radio alone? And then yeah. it's like... There's honestly, there's only there's only two songs by them that I really, really like. I love "Ramble On" and the "Immigrant Song." Okay, you don't even like um, "Battle of Evermore." Mm-mm. Oh, Led Zeppelin Four, classic album. No, nope, yeah, but like then again, "Stairways" one. on it. But and I just, I don't know. This for me, they're the most overrated band. I know. I saw that, and I was like. <laughs> I was surprised you didn't comment. <laughs> oh, I, I thought about it, but I think you know um, James. I think he actually he his comment. You know, I don't remember what it was, and I have to go back and look at. It, but his comment, I was like, yeah, okay, that says it all. And I think I did his comment. I like, I'm like, yep, yeah, he's got it covered for me. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, but like you said, Queen is your favorite band. That doesn't mean you don't have other CDs right along with it exactly i mean 
I mean, you of all people know that my music taste is extremely diverse and I never have limited, limited myself to one genre or one artist. My favorite, my favorite artist of all time is Prince, but I like a lot of other artists too. It's just Prince, Prince is my favorite. So you like Prince and and Queen, any other royalty you want to put in there? Um, you know, King Diamond. Um, never liked King Diamond. Yeah, that, I didn't figure. Yeah, he's King Diamond's definitely a, a acquired taste. Um, I mean, I I listened to him some, but I just never could get into him. Uh, who are some of the other royalty here? You know, Emperor. They're you know a black metal band out of Norway. Yeah, um, I have heard a song or two by them. Yeah, I think you know, well, black metal in and of itself. I mean, that's definitely an acquired taste. The whole genre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now they are actually Emperor are extremely talented, and their uh, their guitar guitarist slash lead singer he actually does like a lot of guitar clinics now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, they they went beyond you know just the mm-hmm. black metal genre. But anyway, um, you know, but I think our lesson for the day is telling people don't be toxic. Enjoy all the companies. Enjoy all the wrestling because the. Cody is the first one to go from AEW to WWE. Don't think he'll mm-hmm. be the last one. Oh, no. He definitely won't be the last one. I mean, honestly, I I could see in several years, because WWE is already very interested in MJF, and I could see them offering him an extremely big money deal closer to when his contract expires with AEW. I think he's got another year or two on his current AEW contract. And then I think there's going to be a bid in war for oh. MJF because oh, I mean, I, the, he's only that, 25 years old and he's the best heel in wrestling. Oh, I mean, he, he makes like everybody, even the guy running the snack ball wants to come out there and just start punching him. Yeah. I you mean, know? you hear the announcers when he comes out, like his music starts even before he walks through the tunnel and like Excalibur is like, uh, MJF's <laughs> here. And it's like, just, and I know he's doing his part, but yeah. it's like, just the con- disgust he conveys tells you how good of a heel MJF is. I mean, I actually told Tully Blanchard, oh, it was kind of wild. I actually told Tully Blanchard to say, when I was a kid, I said, I mean, this as a compliment. I said, I absolutely hated you. And he smiled. He said, well, he said, I guess I was doing my job. He said, that, that's what I was doing my job. Well, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Looking back in hindsight, it, like a once upon a time, I thought Flair was the best heel in wrestling for a time. It was Tully. Yeah. Tully was absolutely the best heel. Tully reveled in the fact that he was a heel and that people hated him. But, yeah. And he, he was like, he said on the Horseman DVD, he's like, that's the job. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm supposed to do is get you riled up enough to where you'll leave your house, pay for parking, pay for concessions, you know, buy your tickets and sit through some not so good matches to get to my match, hoping that somebody shuts my mouth. Yep. And so, I mean, but that's wrestling. That's not, okay, I'll only watch the AEW or I'll exactly. only watch uh, MLW. I think, I don't even think we mentioned them. Yeah, I didn't mention MLW. Um, uh, yeah, but I watched, actually, I watched a uh, MLW world title match earlier today. It was uh, Alex Hammerstone and Davey Richards. But, I mean, they have some really good wrestlers in their company. I mean, that's where Matt Riddle came through, mm-hmm. where uh, that's where Swerve Strickland came through. And it's like, you know, they're considered an independent company. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with the Indies people that the Indies is what feeds the majors. Yep. So it's like, you know. Just like all the bands that are playing stadiums, they started out in clubs. Yeah. They started, they started out in clubs and dive bars. Yep. I mean, you look at Guns N' Roses, they were the biggest band in the world at one time. They started out performing in dive bars on the LA Strip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Metallica, same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, Metallica ended up moving to San Francisco because the, the mm-hmm. thrash scene was better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you look at some, look at a band like a Three Doors Down who started, you know, and I think they're out of Biloxi, Mississippi. I think, I think so. Yeah. There's not a huge music scene in Biloxi. Uh-uh. I saw yeah. them in uh, Murray. Really? Actually. Yeah, there was Three Doors Down, Nickelback, and uh, Dust for Life. They were a, a, a newer indie band. They were pretty good. 
Uh, Nickelback stole the show, though. Right. Yeah. They were fantastic. And see, the same people who are toxic against AEW to say probably the same ones who don't like Nickelback just because. Yeah, just because it's like people think it's funny to hate Nickelback. I personally enjoy Nickelback. So. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to think necessarily about Chad Kruger because I know he said some things in the press, but yeah, he said some stupid stuff. But I mean, music, musically, I like a lot of their stuff. Right. Same here. So either way, don't be toxic. Go check out all wrestling. Go check out your local indie scene. You know, support your local indie scene because those those are the guys and girls who are. Yeah, they're going to build your companies, you know, in the future. Yep, because this man right here started out doing like little indie shows in Canada and then mm-hmm. Mexico. And, and now look at him. I'm holding a figure of his. Boom. This one. Yeah. A literal icon in pro wrestling. Started out, you know, doing hardly nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's how you get, that's how you get famous. That's how you become a star. You have to start small and work up. Very few people get to walk into this business and be a superstar right off the bat. Right. So like I said, don't be toxic. And that's really all I got to say about it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all you can say. All right. So, all right. Until next Monday when we're scheduled to have King Titan, we'll talk to you then and God bless. God bless.